Warning. Warning. Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome to Boulder, Colorado, the triathlon mecca. We're so excited that you guys have joined us today. Uh, I'm surrounded by my favorite people, and we're all in person again. So, Pat, you kind of orchestrated this, so how's it going? I'm just really happy that everybody was able to make it into the Scratch Labs Cafe, and I think it's important to start with a few thank yous. This is our second ever live show. It's been over a year since we've done one, and uh, no better place to do it than Boulder, Colorado. So uh, first shout-out is to Ben Atkins at Waterfall Racing. He's been... uh, an amazing partner for the pod. He believes in what we're doing and has been hugely supportive and allowed us to do events like this. He's allowed us to really have a, a podcast that now we can elevate it. We can be a little more organized as we as we do. So that a big, big thank you to Ben and uh, his support of triathlon. Uh, second, I just want to give a shout out to the team here at Scratch Labs Cafe for hosting us. And thank you very much. Reminder free coffee under triathlon tab and then be sure you get a burrito be sure you buy a bunch of stuff from this wall and yeah that's just a big thank you to them so yeah i think uh can we have trixie up here for a minute and just kind of tell us a little bit about waterfall racing and you know i'm i've technically never done a triathlon uh why should i join waterfall racing and join and do a try. Think about doing one. What can I? Be, what, how could I benefit? Well, what we do. I gotta eat the mic. I gotta eat the mic. What we're trying to do at Waterfall Racing is trying to build a community. Uh, we find that it's a lot more fun to suffer with other people. So uh, we're we're based kind of all over the country. We have a lot of people here in Boulder, a lot of people in Clearwater, but we're all over the country, and we're just a group of like-minded people that want to support each other and, and help each other. Awesome. That's Thank you. It. Great. I think the biggest difference between us and other teams is that we're, we're kind of supported by professional athletes so they can help guide us and teach us how to do things properly and correctly and entertain us. Great. Okay. Thank you, Trixie. Thank you so much. Uh, finally, your coffee, you can thank Brad at Lever Running for that today. I think, uh, you know, oh, I'm perfect, and we got free water bottles when you exit. Uh, Brad, can you come up and just say a few words? I think, you know, we'll tell us about your business and, and ultimately how we could use a Lever device to help us run faster. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Also, um, the free coffee's under triathlon, so please say that on checkout. Um, but yeah, great to see everybody here. We are super excited for this weekend, Boulder 70.3. Um, yeah, so I'm founder of Lever. We started about four years ago, um, really with the mission to um, help athletes and like PT patients build confidence in their training. Um, so whether you're coming back from an injury, surgery, um, or really just trying to enhance your performance, um, you know, body weight support is one of the most powerful uh, techniques to, to go do that. Um, and so we just saw a real big need in the market to provide um, a you know, cost-effective, um, affordable body weight support tool. Um, 
And so, you know, we came up with what we did, and now we're in almost every continent around the world, um, working with some of the, you know, highest top-end pros in the, the marathon space, ultra-running space, uh, and triathlon space, um, as well as age groupers all across the world. So, um, yeah, having a blast, and um, yeah, if you have any questions, we're going to be here all day. So let us know. Brian is also here um, from the Lever team as well. So yeah, thanks for having us, guys. And uh, a, a few housekeeping things. Uh, we met Brad actually through, we did a, a triathlon awards at the end of the year, and they won for the Instagram post of the year. And that's how we kind of, uh, it was every time an athlete had previously gotten injured, we would, they would always, we'd always, they'd always post about using lever. And then we, Brad reached out to us and explained that a lot of the athletes actually use it to get faster as well. And we learned all about, and so then partnered with lever. So thanks, Brad. Uh, and for all those that are listening online, it's uh, such a bummer you're not here because uh, Ben opened up checking accounts for everyone here with a thousand dollars in each account. So, so bummed you guys couldn't make it, uh, but I hope you enjoy the online show, but let's dive into uh, Boulder 70.3 this weekend. Uh, what what we're all here for? Yeah, super excited. Uh, this course is a new course, uh, so it will be uh, the bike and the run. The bike both, and both. the run, which the bike, I guess Chelsea's rode out here uh, out of all four of us more than uh, any of us. And hey, 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 I, wow. I get out and pedal every now and then. Um, <laughs> and, and rain on the course, but we'll, we'll go we'll go through the bike course first. Pat, have you have you been out and rode this loop? Yeah, I think I've uh, done this loop quite a few times. It's you know, what's funny is, is you're going along the mountains the whole time. You think you're going to Colorado, you're going to be doing this race with a ton of climbing. And in this bike course, you know, for all the reality is it's flat. And, and I looked at the wind forecast. There's really going to be, I mean, I, the numbers I was seeing was three, four mile an hour wind. So, you know, what we're, we've been out here on the front range when you can have days where it's a consistent 30 or 40 mile an hour wind, no gust. And that's not going to be the case on Saturday morning. So it looks like the rain is going to hold. The temperatures are going to be low. I would anticipate some really fast uh, bike splits. And, you know, I think it's really just going to, obviously we, we, we kind of went over the swim. It's going to be a wetsuit swim. The reservoir is cold. You were there Wednesday night, Talbot. Uh, it's going to see, you know, who, where are the group's going to be in both the men and the women's race. And then, and then, uh, Chelsea, tell us about the run course. Patrick. Okay. Well, also if no one knows it's rained for 40 days and 40 nights here in Boulder, which is seemingly kind of unusual. So our temperatures are good. But the run course, yeah, I've done that too. It's fast, but not. It's mainly gravel, actually. You get to go up Monarch Road, which is kind of an infamous one-mile drag uh, around the res. Iconic loop of boulder, so it'll be fun to watch. But I'm looking at this lap. I mean, it's... uh close to 100% gravel, it looks like. I mean, you do a little bit through the park here, which might only be a kilometer, but that lap seems to be, it's going to be slow. And then 55th is, you know, undulating and hilly. So we're not going to see any lightning fast run times on this course, right? No, but I mean, it's it's not massively hilly. And then you get to, I mean, the 63rd bit is paved as well, but no, I, I agree with you. Overall, fairly slow, definitely a strength course. And if anyone forgot, we're at altitude here. So so if you're coming not from altitude, you might have a rough go. Good luck. Well, let's let's dive into the men's race. Uh, you have uh, the defending champion, Matt Sharp, 
Lionel Sanders, Apo, Trevor Foley, Thomas from Mexico, Sam Long, Chris Lieferman, Andy Potts, Gillespie. I mean, it is your North America stacked start list. So it will be a, a pretty quick one. But I would say Matt is is an athlete who definitely did great here last year. I would say this was one of his breakthrough races, and he's wanting to prove that uh, this week. Uh, we didn't see him at the early on North American races, and so he's definitely wanting to jump out there and kind of hold his ground against all Sam Long. Uh, Sam Long is uh, definitely wanting to come in and just stomp it. He's, he did that earlier in, in the last two races, Oceanside and Florida. But I would say... No, he did not stomp it at Oceanside. It was St. George. Oh, sorry. St. George. George. Yep. My bad. St. George. Um, but it's it's going to be a pretty fast swim. There's going to be a pretty good group. And we've seen from the last two races in St. George and at Florida that it's not a very organized bike pack from the back with Sanders and Long and Foley. They're, they're never together. They're always spread apart. So it, this could play to the advantage of the front pack swimmers. Which will be Sam Appleton, um, Dylan Gillespie, Matthew Sharp, Matt Sharp. I'm sure I'm missing someone. Um, Andrew Snellenberger, who's coming from ITU, he's coming to do this race. So that's definitely a name to watch that he'll probably be up towards the front on the, the swim and be able to do something maybe on the bike. And we have Trevor Foley in the building. Do we bring him up and ask him how he's feeling and, and you know, what how he's, he's been here at Altitude and, and what he thinks, you know, about the race coming up? Yeah, Tre- Trevor, my best friend, the guy I've been hyping up all season for the last couple of years. The youngest there kid on go. the circuit. He's on his way. He's on his way. He all looks right. sharp. Here we go. Trevor, what do you think you got to do to win the race this weekend? Get 12 hours of sleep tonight because I'm absolutely shattered from the altitude. <laughs> and, and do you and think that this run course, do you think that it suits you well? Uh, last year, oh, last year I ran a 118, so I don't know. We'll see. Here at this race. Yeah, it was the second fastest run, I think, but... Yeah, last year was just the hardest four hours of my life. So let's hope it's a little better. And do you anticipate? I mean, you had you've had a couple, you know, much better swims, you know, than what we've seen in the past. Uh, what will you be thinking? You know, when you're in the water, you come out of the water, you hop onto the bike, and have you previewed the course? And what are you going to be really thinking and looking for as as the race starts to go go along? Yeah, usually my plan all season is to spend a key off of like Lionel and Sam. So basically, they're probably going to hit the front of the race eventually. So if I'm two minutes, minute back, just kind of get my gap for my friends out of the water. And then, uh, yeah, just try to at least ride steady with them. Because if I have a good run, I think I can outrun them by a minute or two. Um, but it's, you know, pretty hard to ride even with, uh, the likes of Sl- Sa- uh, Sam and Lionel. And then obviously in St. George, you had a breakthrough race, uh, Tell us about, you know, what, I guess I really thought you were going to win that one. Tell us what you learned, and we'll call it the first half of the half marathon that you're going to take with you this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't ran like particularly great this year, but it's more so because I've been biking ridiculously hard this year. Um, so, but I mean, that's just, when you're four minutes down out of the water, you got to bike really hard. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, just I'm gonna bike as hard as I possibly can, and then just deal with the run when I get there. It's kind of what my game plan usually is. Perfect. And just one last question on the bike. I mean, what uh, 
when you're down that much, are you getting information along the way or are you really just riding blind and you don't know if you're making up time, losing time, or are you relying on, you know, whether it's your girlfriend or friends to give you hopefully close to accurate splits? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Usually I hear like two minutes down from Sam out of the water and then like in St. George, Kyle and Talbot were there. And then like an hour into the bike, I heard, Oh, you're still two minutes down. And I'm like, Oh, I'm biking hard, but like I feel solid. So I get like a shot of adrenaline and then I start passing like good swimmers like Andre Lopez or Justin Metzler who are like four minutes out of the water. So I'm like, Oh wow. Like I'm catching up to the front of the race. So it like gets easier at that point. Um, and in this course, I mean, I don't think there's really any out and backs for me to see. So I'm just going to be pretty reliant on the likes of Kyle or Sophie. <laughs> let's, let's be clear real quick. It's technically outside assistance, but if you give it to every professional, it's not outside assistance. Hey, there we go. No, that's what we would do. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That, of course, yeah. So I'll be out there giving outside assistance to everyone as well. Yeah, you just have to wait for me, who's about five minutes behind, and then you'll be good. Perfect. Thank, thank you, Trevor. When we talk about outside assistance, we actually have Jay Weber here, who is the head official for Ironman this weekend. Maybe he can clarify once and for all for all the coaches out there what technically is outside assistance when you're giving splits to an athlete and what is not if he's oh here he is here he comes because i know that if you're riding a bike if you're riding a bike next to an athlete and you're talking to them and coaching that is definitely outside assistance but jay what technically is outside assistance yeah so outside assistance is basically when you're moving with the athlete if you're stationary you're good you can move 38 times, you can move 100 times, but if you're not stationary next to your athlete, that's outside assistance. So yeah, you can literally give them a split, ride ahead of another 100 meters, give them another split, just don't be moving next to them. And don't, and don't communicate with them you while, can, you're riding, while you're riding. While you're riding, yeah. You can communicate if both feet are on the ground. Wow, really appreciate that clarification, Jay. Thank you. What a hero. What yeah. a hero. Let's awesome. give him a round of applause. Um, but other than that, I, I would say Matt Sharp is more local almost than Sam Long as Matt Sharp lives here full round all, all year round. And then Sam, I know he's a Boulder boy, grew up here, but he's living in Tucson a lot more, but definitely has a lot to prove this weekend. I mean, look, do we get into, you know, the reality of, of who wins this race? Or are we going to make picks at the end of the women's race? We you make picks for the men's race now. That's fine. I'm cool with that. For the men's race? Talbot, you've fired up. You want to lead us out, Talbot? Give us a 3-2. I mean, Sanders. I'll, second, I'll, third. I'll Come on. To, He's back. He's changed. I'm telling you. I, it's, it's funny. We, we chatted about this in the podcast before. Lionel was a different athlete bringing in new little Levi. But we have uh, Gwen and Pat here actually at the live show today. And they had uh, an incredible sleep trainer that helped them train. <laughs> Stanley, uh, Levi was not on the best sleep schedule, so Lionel's not getting a lot of sleep, and then Lionel's nutrition was not the best, uh, but all that has been fixed. So not probably not enough time, but I'm, I got to go with Lionel for the win. All right, and who do you got first? Give us second and third. I'll go Sam Long and then, or no, Trevor Foley and then Thomas. Oh, you're going to snub Sam yeah. like that. Uh, sorry. Man. Just focus on Coeur d'Alene that he's going to be doing. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, for the win, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sam Long for the win. Lionel second, and to give some motivation to my buddy Trevor, I'm going to go Sam Appleton third. 
I'm I'm going to go with Matthew Sharp. And I'm not really sure this is an A race, so I think I'm just going to pick a winner. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. That's all right. Yeah, I just don't know enough people here. But Canadian man to win. Perfect. I think, uh, you know, you're going to go Lionel Sanders too, aren't you? No, no. I mean, one person that we didn't talk about who is going to push the swim and is going to push the bike is Sam Appleton. And I think that he, he has a chance to, to podium, but ultimately this is Sam Long's race to lose. So I've got Sam Long in first. I've got Lionel Sanders in second and I am going to say it. Trevor Foley third. Wow. What a hero. Glad someone could pick him. I just got demoted on the best friend list. So well, you know, the other day I I, I texted Trevor and he said, uh, "New phone, who dis?" And I said, "It's it's Kyle's second best friend." And he goes, "Chase?" And I said, "Chase McQueen, he's here too." Oh, no, I said, "It's Pat." And he's he's like, "Oh, I'm like, okay, I guess he doesn't not aware of uh, the the friendship that Kyle and I have." So, um, yeah, I was a little bummed about that. Well, we got. Uh, we also have a very exciting women's race. Defending seventy point three world champ is here, Taylor Nib. Not here, here, but she's racing. I did invite Taylor uh, just so she felt invited, and I said, "But I, I need you to focus on the race, so don't come." And she said, "Thank you." <laughs> Chelsea, you know who all the other women are that are racing. Well, it looks like we also have Boulder locals, Holly Lawrence, Jeannie Metzler. Rachel Olson, who's sitting in our front row here. Lauren Brandon, Teresa Adam. Teresa Adam's an interesting one. We got a lot of DMs. If you didn't see the Boulder Bubble post on Instagram, we got a lot of flack for that because unfortunately you can't put every single professional on an Instagram post. And I want to be clear. We, we do this based on who's on form and who we like the most. It's not to say that we don't like you. It's just... It takes a lot of time to make graphics, and I have a full-time job, so I'm like, well, I'll just throw these five people or these five people. So I apologize if you haven't made the graphics lately. We're, we're trying. We're hiring a graphics department, an intern, so if you want to be on every single graphic, just apply for that job and put yourself on the front page. So, um, yeah, Teresa Adams, she's making a comeback after two years, and we got a lot of messages that she's going to be racing. She was obviously the number one ranked female when the PTO rankings first came out, and there was a lot of controversy behind that. So she also hasn't done a 70.3 before, only a couple of challenge halves. So we'll see how she how she fares. Yeah, I think the big X factor here for the women's race is, is Jeannie Metzler, right? I mean, she had an amazing comeback race after some time off. She's known for a lightning fast run, and I just anticipate that uh, she's got something up her sleeve for this weekend. Uh, I wouldn't say that she's the favorite. I, I think it's you know goes without saying that Taylor Nib is the favorite for this weekend, and we 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 trust that she'll have a you know a great swim followed by a really strong bike, and then get it done on the run. So you know, am I missing anything? What what are no, what's I would, gonna? I would say Holly. And the only reason why her is that she is also a very, very consistent athlete, but lives here at altitude now. So it's not like that she's traveling in from sea level at L.A. She actually lives here full time now, does a lot of running and training on this course. And so I think we could see a great race by Holly herself. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, she well, Chelsea, you've been training with her. So tell us about it. Yeah, I was going to say I've been training with her all winter doing drags up Monarch Road. So I think if anyone knows this course, run course for sure, I, I don't get on a bike anymore, but I, I would watch for her. And, and Holly needs to win. Maybe can you tell us what happened at her most recent run session? 
Did she lose something? Ah, uh, yes. We were at Celestial Seasonings uh, doing a little lactate prick of the ear, and she lost a diamond earring, which was very much oh, a catastrophe. No. So I'm I'm hoping that she wins. <laughs> so that she can replace this diamond yes, earring. Yes, yes. <laughs> but if you're out at Celestial Seasonings and you see a glimmer in the grass or the road we're not even sure I mean, or, in could, your t- or in your it, teacup yeah. or it could be message. it could be in your it could pick yeah. up in a tire you could get a flat tire because of it yeah any anything really wow and and it could be next to a lactate strip that's <laughs> left on the ground so th- there you go what if it's in the lactate strip they just uh, put it together all right um so the women's race are we ready to do some picks i mean how i see the race going taylor nib and lauren brandon probably out front with rachel olson on the swim and then portions of the bike um, Anna Bergson from Sweden's definitely a dark horse person to watch for this weekend. Teresa Adam, not really too too many um, too many surprises, I would say. Um, it would just depend on how the the podium second place through fifth place, I think, is pretty wide open for um, the professional women. Uh, unfortunately, I think Taylor Nib, because she is a world champ, maybe goes wire to wire. Give us your top three, Kyle. All right, I'm gonna go Taylor Nib first. Um, Holly Lawrence second, Jeannie Metzler third. Oh, that was exactly what I was going to do. You're going to do the same picks as okay, me again. Same. Chelsea? I'm going to go Taylor Nib, even if she starts tapering one hour before for the win. <laughs> you want to do second and third for this one? Then Holly, then Jeannie. There we go. I mean, I, I had the same picks, but I'll change it up. We'll go uh, Nib, Teresa Adams, then Holly. There we go. There we go. Kyle. We've got a ton of other races this weekend. Do your best to give us the information. You want it in a, in a minute? I want it. I want Should it. Should we quick. time it? Don't no, time just, it, but just just do it correctly. We don't need to go on. Go all right, on. you we got Challenge of, we Wales. Have lots of you have hot takes. Fennell Langridge at Challenge Wales with Lucy Byram going head to head. Tom Bishop in the men's race heading it up. Seventy point three Warsaw. You got Mickey Tagholt and Robert Wilkowecki, who was second place at Ironman Texas. Um, also, Dylan Magnin from France, who's also been on a hot streak for the women's side. You have Lucy Buckingham and Lottie Lucas, and that's seventy point three Warsaw. Seventy point three Switzerland, definitely the most exciting race of the weekend. You got Daniela Reef going head to head against Ash Gentle, um, and then after that, you got seventy point three Staffordshire with George Goodwin, Tom Davis, and James Stegall going head to head. The uh, challenge Gardensburg in Belgium. You have Joe Skipper and Didi Dirks, and then Cagnus Sir. Unfortunately, Rudy Von Berg was hit by a car. He was supposed to be racing that race. Um, was hit by a car while he was training, and broke his collarbone. And then after that race, you have uh, you have Nick Free in that in that race as well. Um, definitely a person to watch. And then you also have Escape from Alcatraz in California. That's why no one else is coming to do this race. So you have Eric Lagerstrom, Jason West, Matt Hoffman, Matt Hoffman, the bike the bike racer. Ben Hoffman and Mark Dubrick. And then on the women's side, Danielle Lewis, Jody Stimson, um, and Victoria Lopez. And that's eight races this weekend. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into what everybody came here for. Hot takes. Yeah, I, I have the number one hot take um actually in my brain while I go find my phone, but the number one hot take that we got was uh Gwen. She's gone. <laughs> We're gonna save that question. We're gonna save that one for last? I was going to do that one as the icebreaker. No, no, no. <laughs> While I look for my phone, um, we did get a lot of Instagram DMs about uh, what happened last weekend um, in Germany. Uh, I th- 
I think that there's no one better that can um, kind of summarize our thoughts and um, how we feel about it than Talbot. And we talked briefly about him taking care of that. And so while well, I look for my phone, Talbot, yeah, I, talk about that. I think when it when you comes to motos and Ironman, it's such a evolving process and of course a very sticky situation and topic. A lot of people on the hot takes at wanted to ask us about our thoughts with uh, Andrew Messick's most recent podcast on the Slow Twitch, uh, and if he was soft on it, wouldn't own up to answers or responsibility and all that. And I listened to it. We got a bunch of messages like, oh, he was so soft. He was just such a CEO. He wouldn't own up to their mistakes and all that. And I listened to it, and I thought it was in- incredible. A lot of people don't... And I'm not just tooting Iron Man's horn, because if anyone's the first to criticize Iron Man, I'll do it. But... I, th- I think that what what it all comes down to is a lot of people don't understand the logistical nightmare. So a lot of people just said to us, why can't you close courses? Like 100% close course. So just to give you an estimation, the PTO, the PTO Dallas course, which was a close, I want to say eight mile loop, was $240,000 bill from the local uh, police and officials. So that is just a close like eight mile loop. So that shows you logistics. Unfortunately... If you wanted to close an entire course, I mean, you're talking about paying hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're pissing off local residents that will never want your race ever back there again. Um, the other thing is is safe and dangerous courses. I, I, I would be assured to say you're safer on an Ironman course or most triathlon courses than you are on your own training ride outside because there is officials, there's other athletes out there. So I don't think in any way that you need to be concerned for your safety out on an Ironman course. I think what it comes down to is the sport has evolved so much as far as coverage and more motos and then also more pack riding and dynamics is that you look at a course maybe like Chattanooga, which is a two-loop closed circuit, or not closed circuit, it's coming and going on with cars and traffic and all that. For amateurs, I think it's completely fine. And and this is where Andrew hit on the podcast great, is that with Reese, with what they've had and their experience so far, it's been completely fine for pro racing. But what they're going to do now is they're going to revisit and look at looped courses or out-and-back courses for coverage and motos. Because if you're just doing amateur racing on a course like that and there's not professional athletes racing, it's completely fine because you're not going to have athletes riding 15 miles an hour and then athletes blowing by at 30 miles an hour with motos and all that. So, i.e., like future courses, and this is what Andrew hit on the podcast really well on, is they are going to go revisit this for future courses that maybe take away from pro athletes or live streams that are going to be on looped courses or out, out and back courses. And it all makes sense because, of course, 10 years ago, without all the motos, this is completely fine. And sport evolves over time. So I think he did a fantastic job. Another thing a lot of people sent in was, can you not just cover the full race with drones? I, I have your standard DJI Mavic drone, and it flies up to about two miles away. So you need about 40 drones, which is about 40 operators as well, and just a logistical nightmare. So that would be impossible to cover a full race with drones. As far as motos, how many motos do you need? The problem with uh, Hamburg that, that they ran into was, and of course, they followed all the media protocols. And to fill everyone in on how the moto process works is basically they have about a, a good core team of motos for 
Europe races or North America races, and these are all very, very experienced drivers. But at each race, you still have to get volunteered and paid drivers. And are they experienced? They're incredible drivers, but they're not really experienced to coming to, uh, I, I would say, triathlon. But they're volunteering their time and they're helping out. But uh, for instance, in Hamburg, the problem was was that you had German TV, you had Iron Man, you had all photographers, you have content and all that. And it's just there wasn't a female race as well. And that the entire pro field was all right there. And so usually this would never happen in a race, but it just happened to be that no, the motos aren't scattered across the rest of the field because the entire race that everyone is wanting to cover is right there. There was nowhere else for them to be, which is unfortunate. And it was just a very, very unfortunate circumstance. And uh, it, it resulted, unfortunately, in a death of someone. And so... Do you mind if I step in? Yeah, yeah, yeah Move it. on to the next hot take that we've been getting. Um, is somebody does is this a moment? I mean, does Andrew Messick? How does he? How does he handle this? Is this something where he gets? He steps down. He gets let go. I mean, where where ultimately does the responsibility if, lie, and how do they handle this? If you listen to that podcast, Andrew touched on it very very well. It's a very very tough and unfortunate situation. But he said in there that he looked at his team right away and told them that they need to revisit all the moto rules. They need to revisit the course rules. And that's about all you can do. I don't think that anyone saw this coming. I don't think that this should result in someone like Andrew stepping down from his position as he's done a great job in growing. I think, Pat, is the, the biggest question we get is, won't they live stream more? They How is this race not live stream? How is this race not live stream? And Ironman has done a fantastic job that pretty much every major race now is live stream but unfortunately that comes with motos and this just came all to the worst or the perfect scenario not and perfect I, but most unfortunate scenario that and i happened. do i do want to bring up that because this does seem to be the the vehicles on course seems to be a a germany specific problem whether it's at challenge roth or at ironman hamburg and so it seems that you know, if I'm if I was to speak to Iron Man on this, I would I would really suggest a global protocol, which I don't think that they clearly have written out with some some boundaries and guidelines. I think that's something that World Triathlon. I think that's something that World Triathlon can do and navigate for them. Um, you bring up Challenge Roth in March of this last year. They had said that they are going to be. Xing the amount of motos that they have just because it has been like a growing problem um, at their races. So we we do have to applaud them for for kind of just seeing this um, unfold kind of way far in advance and making a decision to kind of pull the reins on that um, before something happens at that race. Because in quite on uh, like honestly that it's a miracle that this hasn't happened um, up to this point. And so if it's unfortunate, but I think that it's going to cause a insane learning experience for everyone. You may not even see that massive train that you see in Kona every year anymore. Do you mind if we move on from this? And I think well, I got it, I got one more sorry, thing. Okay. Just how right, right. how I would personally <laughs> assess it, and and Andrew spoke on this too. If it was me and I was in this Andrew's position, I would work with my team and the moto drivers and make an educational video because, like I said earlier, a lot of these moto drivers that come in. They're paid to come in and drive for officials or drive for photographers. But the most experienced ones that are on the circuit all the time are doing the live crew and the content crew. And maybe they'll pick up, if they had a few extras, they'll get photographers. 
But I think educational videos for the volunteer photographers, or sorry, the volunteer moto drivers, that they can learn. And as long as they watch an educational video, it's just like you guys go to a race brief before. They get a short brief, but they don't understand too much and grasp the reality of it. So I think a sh- an educational video that's a requirement for moto drivers, that's how I would assess the situation. But that, that's, I guess, all we could speak on on it. Kyle, you got one a little... Yeah. Um, so this week in the news, Live Golf and PGA actually joined forces um, and they're creating a new brand. Do we see that happening within triathlon with PTO and Ironman or PTO World Triathlon, PTO Challenge? I mean, I, I, I would love it. I think it would be the best thing for the sport if all... Uh, what's Mike Moritz would open up the checkbook with all the other and just purchase Ironman. I know at the start it, they ruffled their feathers and offered them an insulting deal of like twenty million or something like that, which definitely not worth it. But it would, I think, it would be for the best of the sport, just like it is for golf uh, that they were acquired. I mean, if Mike Moritz and the PTO could purchase them, let Ironman just run as their sole entity, and then PTO take over the professional racing, professional racing yeah. side. Yeah. I mean, I I think you could bankroll this thing and just grow it, grow it, grow it. To where Ironman just takes care of all the age group racing, and so you're racing. Ironman's handling all of the logistics and. Ironman just runs as usual, yeah. exactly, and then PTO would just take over the professional side and try to grow the sport from a Netflix perspective. If you recently seen the new Tour de France episodes and all that, so. Um, we had one from your best friend, actually, Claire Michelle. Hey, there we go. Uh, should races that have. To cancel open water swims, do a pool time trial instead of converting to a duathlon. I mean, I think that's beautiful in in the thought, but the logistics of it are just unfortunately too challenging. George is sick of us. <laughs> He's had enough. Um, so you don't think that they can just like blow up a pool and just ha- have people do laps back and forth? Like I said, I'd love to see it in theory, but what it's just think, in Charles? practice, it's not possible. What do you think? I mean, yeah, in theory, but I think they just need to stop having races in places where the water's dirty. Just yeah, but with respect it, to what happened in Madrid, that was from rainfall, correct? Correct. But historically, it hasn't been the cleanest water. Well, and it's also the running with the bulls was the week before, and so obviously all the runoff from the, from the bulls. Speaking of blow-up pools, we have two athletes here, Chelsea and Gwen, who both raced in the Vegas Grand Prix which is a phenomenal event. You guys both raced that, didn't you? That would be really cool if they brought that one back. That was a little uh, course made up in a parking lot real quick. And Kyle, but you're going off track. We're on hot All takes, right, not go, memory let's lane, go. okay? Let's, yeah. let's, let's stay focused. Um, Here's one. Everyone wants... Should, from, from Justin Durgan, should Gwen switch to 70.3s? <laughs> Gwen's got a thumbs down if you can't if you're it's a totally different mindset that I think I'm not ready for so you won't be seeing me do that all right no 70.3s for Gwen you know I think and there was a, I looked through them we added so many requests we it was clear there was a theme right uh, a lot of people voicing in about how how great Sam Long looks right now and then a lot of people you know voicing in and tell but there's been a lot of opinions swirling about uh Lionel I mean, I, I'm not going to sit over here and be his hype man too much. We just 
put out an hour and seven minute video if you want to go watch that and see every spitting move that Lionel does. But I would say he's finally becoming a professional triathlete. He's on his way. So 35 years old. There we go. That this can speak is, this for is it. the first time you've said that actually on our podcast within the last well, three years. I mean, he's winning races with uh, Mac. Give McDonald's us one more hot take, Kyle, uh, and then we'll wrap. Um, one more hot take. People aren't pooping enough before races. <laughs> I've never done a triathlon, so I I'm not the best to. What about bike races? Do you poop? Yeah, I mean, well, we're, it's not, I don't have to run. You know, it's a different. It's a different uh, beast. Give us one more. Will Cam Worth ever win another race? No, I think you know. As we've seen, there's. Uh, there's been a concentration of, you know, these Ironman races and there's just not, there's really no super easy races to go to anymore. And I just think the sport has really has leveled up and it's, it would be very challenging for him to win another big one. I want to see it, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I'm not going to, I don't know if I want to talk about this, but, um, one of the hot takes on here was, will Gustav's fan flame fan out, and he's going to try and race Jan and Nice. Um, obviously, Gustav is going through a lot right now uh, with his family, um, with his mother passing away from cancer. So it's hard because obviously everyone sees the results that Gustav had at long course, and then he goes to short course, and he's not really having as much success. Um, but I I don't know if I see a world yeah, that he I've does. Said it, I've he said does it once, nice. and I said it before. When he, when he puts his mind in, if he's in a good place... Um, he is the biggest threat on the start line in long course racing, 100%. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, in sport, people only remember your last race, even though athletes have had phenomenal results. And so no matter uh, what, if you don't do good in your last race, then you're going to get criticized and get haters. So that's just the way sport goes. Well, this was wildly fun. I'm so glad that everyone came. We got like... At almost as much as what we had at our first live show. So thank you guys so much for coming to support us. Um, we obviously do this for you guys. We have an amazing partnership with Lever and Waterfall Bank, and then we'll have more sponsors coming out um, over the next couple of months. But um, again, we do this for you guys. We felt like there wasn't anything in the realm of what the real Starkey used to do back in the day, and there was kind of a lag in triathlon media. And Pat and Talbot and I back in 2021 felt like it was an opportunity for us to rather than having phone calls every week and debriefing we just uploaded as a podcast and then we've been able to bring on amazing people like chelsea and mark and be able to give you guys content that that triathlon needs and deserves and so um thank you guys for coming and uh we'll see you guys next week be sure to watch the race in boulder if you're here in town just go support everyone don't be moving while you're supporting your athletes um but also, the race will be live on uh, Outside TV. So, cool. And, and, and finally, we have uh, Brad with Lever Running here and also Ben Atkins. Uh, massive thank you once again to them for the coffee and also just a long support of the show. Uh, if you guys have any information about the product and what they provide, uh, come up here and uh, chat with them. Thanks a lot, and we will see you after the race.